Great, Brian, thank you uh, very much. Uh, May I pray for us as we come to look at those uh, verses? Uh, Paul tells us, uh, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, Lord God, we pray that you would make good your promise uh, in your word, that as we look at your word it would... uh, Give us light, who would make us who are simple wise, and above all, that you would make us thoroughly equipped for all the good works that you have prepared us to walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, when I was a student at university, I was part of the Christian Union, and uh, I had many visiting speakers who were great visiting speakers who came from all over the country uh, to open up God's words to us. there were many speakers that were, were great, and I learned a lot from them. But there was one in particular that stood out uh, for me. He was uh, an elderly Dutch missionary. wasn't very much to look at, to be frankly honest. He was an elderly guy, stooping, sort of shuffled onto the stage. And yet what he said was absolute dynamite. Uh, his name was Brother Andrew. That might mean something to some of you of a certain age, perhaps. Uh, Brother Andrew uh, spent many years smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain when the, uh, the Cold War and the Soviet Union was, uh, was active. Uh, he spent many years smuggling Bibles to Christians behind uh, the Iron Curtain at great uh, personal risk. Um, there are countless people who have uh, come to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of his uh, bravery and his faithfulness. What, what would lead somebody like Brother Andrew to do that, I wonder? He had a comfortable life. There was no kind of reason why he should give that up to go and uh, to do the, take those actions, to take such risks, just so that these people who he'd never heard could then uh, hear of Jesus and have a copy of a Bible. What would lead somebody like the Apostle Paul in that reading that we've just heard read uh, to lay such emphasis in his very last letter to his young friend, uh, Timothy, who's pastoring this church in Ephesus? Why, why, Why would he lay such an emphasis on the need to keep the Bible at the heart of his life and ministry? Countless things that he could have told him to be doing. And yet he stresses the Bible. Well, the writer and the historian uh, Tom Holland has described the the Bible as the most influential book in human history. It's quite a claim, isn't it, I think? It still remains a bestseller the world over, even now. Uh, It still tops the bestseller list. It still has influence, I think, in many, many ways. But why should we bother with it today? Why should we care about the Bible Well, I want to uh, answer two of the most common objections that I tend to come across uh, to people reading and obeying the Bible, and they're these. Firstly, is the Bible reliable? And secondly, is the Bible relevant? Is it reliable and is it relevant? Well, let's deal with the first one uh, first, shall we? Is the Bible reliable? Well, whether or not a book uh, can be trusted depends to a large extent on who wrote it. Uh, So, for example, uh, if you want to find out which uh, cricketer topped the first-class batting averages uh, last season, 
you turn to Wisdom's Cricketer's Almanac. I know that, I've got it on my shelves, and uh, it's compiled by Cricket's foremost experts. You can go and type into Google, but you just can't trust Google. You go to Wisdom. And if you want to know, it was Johnny Bairstow of Yorkshire, England, at 72.11 for the record. There we go. Uh, if you want to check a debate in Hansard, uh, so uh, through, uh, check a debate in Parliament, uh, you check Hansard, which is the record of uh, all that goes on in Parliament. It's produced by people who were there. They transcribed it, uh, as it were, from, from, uh, from, from, from life. Uh, if you want to learn how to poach an egg, you turn to Delia. Where else? It matters who writes books, doesn't it? Uh, whether we can trust them depends to a large extent on the person who wrote them. Paul tells us that the Bible is reliable because of who wrote it. And it's the work of no less than God himself. Uh, verse 16. All scripture is God's breathed. Now some of us might be familiar with uh, older translations that tended to translate this verse as being inspired, so scripture being inspired. Uh, but our Bibles are absolutely spot on when they uh, translate this here. It's a literal translation of a very unusual Greek word, theonustos, which does literally mean God's breathed. Uh, Paul is telling us that, that ultimately the Bible emanates from God himself. It, it came into existence uh, when God breathed it out. It had its origin in God's mind. It was communicated from his very mouth by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is God's word. Now, of course, this isn't to try and pretend that human beings weren't involved at all. That clearly isn't the case. We don't know exactly how the scriptures came about. It's a mystery that we'll we'll never fully solve this uh, side of eternity. But we can safely say that there were about 40 different human writers who were involved. They were from many different backgrounds, many different experiences, kind of across a period of about 1,500 years uh, or so. Uh, They had different personalities, different experiences, different backgrounds. And all of that is reflected in the book that we have today. But fundamentally, the testimony of the Bible itself is that it is God's word to his world. We can trust what it says because God himself has said it. Uh, perhaps a helpful illustration is, is this. This is one I've heard many, many years ago. Uh, St. Paul's Cathedral is often described as the masterpiece of Sir Christopher Wren. He was the person who designed it. He supervised uh, its construction. And yet, of course, he didn't do it on his own. Without the help of numerous craftsmen, without the labourers who cut the stone and put things into place, without the artists who decorated it, uh, we wouldn't have what we have today. And I think in the same way, the the Bible is the masterpiece of God, but many others were also involved in its production. And yet still fundamentally, it remains the word of God. Now I guess quite a lot of us here this evening will be probably fairly comfortable with all that I've said so far. We'll be happy to affirm the scriptures as God's word. I mean, after all, I mean, who else could have written such sublime words, such as Romans chapter 8? We were looking at that last week, weren't we? And Marston's comment was, it's a belter. And it is. 
Uh, What about the opening chapter of St. John's Gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Or the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. We don't have any problem ascribing those uh, to God at all, do we, I imagine? Their authorship almost kind of speaks for itself. But I wonder if that's the same with other parts of the Bible. There are quite a few parts of the Bible, I think, that we read and we wince at, or at least I do. Maybe Genesis chapter 21, where Abraham is asked to sacrifice his only son. Maybe Leviticus chapter 20. The way it classifies all sexual behaviour outside of of heterosexual uh, marriage as an abomination. What about that? I had a a story from a previous uh, rector of Holy Trinity who told me once that when he was preaching a series, uh, I don't think it was actually at Holy Trinity, I think it was at one of his other churches, uh, on an Old Testament uh, book of the Bible, he had a lady who came to him in his study who took a pair of scissors and chopped out in front of his eyes the Old Testament and threw it at him (laughs) because she couldn't believe that the Old Testament was God's word. True story. I think Paul's words here should challenge us. It should challenge anyone who is tempted to do either literally or metaphorically what that lady uh, did. To, to say that some parts of the Bible are not from God. He tells us very clearly, doesn't he, verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed. From start to finish, we can be encouraged, friends, that all of the scriptures are God's words. And we can rely on them. Primarily, of course, Paul is thinking here of the Old Testament, as the New Testament was still yet to be uh, completed as he was writing. But whatever we're reading, uh, whether it's an an apparently uh, tedious or uh, genealogy, whether it's a difficult ethical passage, whatever it happens to be, we can trust what we are reading. God has spoken. Uh, Billy Graham is probably the world's uh, best-known evangelist, I think. Someone's estimated that he's preached about 215 million people in his ministry, which is an astonishing uh, amount of people. Uh, His phrase that he was kind of known for was, the Bible says, he's very well known for saying that, the Bible says, so and so and so and so and so and so. But it nearly didn't happen like that. Uh, very early on in his ministry, just as he was getting going as a, as a preacher, uh, one of his closest friends uh, lost his confidence in the authority of God's word. Uh, he lost his confidence and he nearly dragged Billy Graham with him. Billy Graham had um, several months of wrestling about whether he could really rely on the word of God. In fact, so serious uh, was, uh, were the doubts that he was experiencing, he very nearly gave up his ministry altogether. Uh, He didn't run away from his doubts, though. He wrestled with them, uh, prayed through them, and eventually he had a dramatic moment where he decided to take the scriptures as God's trustworthy word. Uh, He didn't understand it all. He admitted that. He didn't know all the answers. But he knew the answer that really mattered, the one answer that really mattered, that it was God's word and he could trust it. Friends, we, we can't resolve every difficulty that we will find Uh, in the Bible. But we can rest in the knowledge that it's God's trustworthy word to us. And we can believe what it says. Remember the promise of the Lord Jesus himself. He said, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. When we build our lives on the solid rock of God's words, we're building on the most reliable foundation that there possibly is. Friends, build your life on the solid rock of the scriptures, not on the shifting sands of human opinion. Yes, the Bible is reliable. Well, let's look secondly. Is the Bible reliable? Yes. Is it relevant? And again, yes, it is. It's one thing, of course, isn't it, to affirm that the Bible is reliable. But it is another thing to say that it remains relevant. I mean, after all, the very last word in the Bible was penned sort of 2,000 years ago. It seems incredible, doesn't it, to, 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 to affirm that it still has something to say to our world today. Now, of course, if we're looking for answers to the latest uh, scientific problems, that, then clearly we're likely to be disappointed by the Bible. But when we consider the purposes for which the scriptures uh, were given, then the Bible is always relevant. Uh, because fundamentally, the human heart and its problems are always the same in every generation. They don't change. Uh, the Bible, I think Paul tells us here, was given to us for two purposes, and they're relevant even today. The Bible was given first to lead us to encounter Christ, and secondly, for equipping us to serve him. Firstly, Paul tells us, doesn't he, verse 15, he says to uh, Timothy, he reminds him that from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The Bible's primary purpose is to reveal to us our rejection of God and his loving rescue in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Some people will try and tell us that we can read the Bible as uh, kind of a great work of literature or as a fascinating historical document. And of course, to an extent, it is both of those things. It's a great work of world literature, yes. It's a great work of historical record. There are many things in the Bible that if it were not in the Bible, we wouldn't know about it. But fundamentally, its main purpose is neither of those things. It is given to us to show us our sin to show us our saviour and to encourage us to put our trust in him. Uh, There are countless stories of how people have been led to faith directly through uh, the uh, witness of the Bible. I heard a story uh, not that long ago of a nurse who had been finding life incredibly futile and challenging, uh, coming up against sickness and pain uh, day in, day out. Uh, She was at her wit's end. Uh, she spent hours reading up on philosophy and sort of self-help books and things like that in an effort to try and find meaning uh, in life. Uh, and one day she picks up a copy of uh, John's Gospel that the visitor had left on the ward uh, on the side, and she began reading it when she had a, a moment to spare. Uh, she said uh, these words, It shone and gleamed with truth. Uh, I heard a voice, I heard truth, and I found a saviour. There are lots of people who could testify to very similar things. Another great story, a uh, great hero of mine, uh, Bishop uh, J.C. Ryle, who was the first bishop of Liverpool. Uh, He was a student at Oxford. He uh, kind of hadn't really led a particularly godly life. He was a very wealthy individual, very good at sports, very clever, but had never really found the satisfaction that he craved. Uh, Being a student, he'd been out at a party, I think, the night before. He was uh, late to church. He wandered in just as the uh, person was getting up to read from the Bible. 
And just see what was in the church. One verse went straight through him uh, like uh, an arrow. It was a verse from Ephesians chapter 2. For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And that moment on, he recorded, he stopped relying on his wealth and his success and his sporting ability and turned to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible makes us wise for salvation. Wise about our need of a saviour, wise about who uh, that saviour is and what it looks like to turn to him. But not only does the Bible lead us to encounter Christ, but it also equips us to serve him as well. Paul goes on, doesn't he, verse 16 and 17. He says, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I think it does that in two ways, doesn't it? It gives us all that we need as his followers to serve him, please him. Firstly, by transforming our thinking. So Paul tells us, doesn't he, it's useful for teaching us, teaching us the truth about God and rebuking us when we're drawn into uh, believing error. When we study and we read the Bible, we grow in our understanding of who God is. And in turn, we're able to spot false uh, pictures or false kind of teaching about him. It's interesting just uh, to note that uh, Paul is writing here to Timothy, who's pastoring a church in Ephesus, which is under siege from false teaching. Uh, Paul's answer actually is very straightforward to Timothy. Get the Bible open. When you get the Bible open, you unleash its truth. That's what does the work. Uh, the great reformer Martin Luther once uh, remarked about his own experience in the great days of the Reformation when he was, uh, the Bible was open and we were recovering the gospel truth uh, that had been led away uh, from error. He just said this, he said, I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word, and otherwise I did nothing. And then while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friend Philip, the word so greatly weak in the papacy that never a prince or emperor did such damage to it. I did nothing, the word did it all. That's the power of God's word, friends. It does transform people's thinking. It opens their minds to, from darkness into light. It defeats error. It teaches truth. It transforms thinking. But alongside that, it also transforms our behavior. Paul says, doesn't he? It corrects us. It trains us in righteousness. Uh, the picture that he has in mind here is a picture of a parent sort of uh, uh, training or bringing up a child. So teaching them from uh, right from wrong or sort of potty training or teaching them how to, to feed uh, for themselves, teaching them how to walk and to talk. It's all that kind of picture. Uh, when we first become Christians, we're, we're, we're like spiritual babies, effectively. We don't really know very much. There's lots that we have to unlearn, uh, as it were, as well. And it's the Bible's task to bring us to spiritual maturity, to grow us and to to, to bring us up, to show us our sin, to show us where we're going wrong, but then also to show us the right way of going, to show us how we can live to please Christ. Uh, One evangelist uh, called uh, D.L. Moody put it like this. He said, the Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge, it was given to change our lives. And that's exactly what the Bible does. When we get it open, it changes us. It transforms us, it grows us, and it brings us to maturity. Many people can testify to that power of God's word and its enduring relevance for our lives today. It brings joy and peace in the midst of despair. It brings clarity in the midst of doubt. 
It brings wisdom in the midst of foolishness. Friends, whatever we face, the Bible is always relevant. Uh, It's always relevant, and we can always trust it. Well, as we draw to a close, let me think and offer a few words of some practical application. What what does this mean for us? If the Bible is reliable, if it's relevant, what does it mean uh, for us today? Well, it's just two very, very, very obvious things. And you'll uh, say they're very obvious, but they need repeating, I think. Friends, first of all, let's be sure that we're reading it. Let's be sure that we're reading it. I know it sounds obvious, but I also know how easy it is for us to make excuses uh, not to read it. Uh, Life's too busy. I'm just a bit tired. I just didn't quite have time. It's very easy to make excuses, and I do it as much as as anybody else here. Uh, We can all make excuses, but the simplest way to read the Bible is just to read it, (laughs) to get it open and do it. Uh, Find a time every day, a time that you know that you'll be able to be undisturbed, just spend five to ten minutes getting it open and listening to what God has to say. When I uh, used to have a proper job, as it were, I uh, had a a rule that I um, I used to put my Bible by my my cereal box when I had on my breakfast table. And I knew that if I had to have breakfast before I went out the door to work, I had to read my Bible as well. And it worked. Simple as that. And it it really worked uh, for me. Uh, Ask him to speak to you. And he will do. If you uh, need some help, and lots of us find this, there's some great Bible reading notes out there that you can get. Uh, there's a plan, there are plenty of plans for reading through the Bible in a year. I've got one just at the back if you want to grab one. Uh, just uh, grab me and I can give it to you. Uh, whatever it is, use something that will help you get into the scriptures. Get them open and to get you listening to them. But secondly, don't just read it, but obey it as well. Uh, I read, didn't I, uh, as you hear at the, at the start, from uh, um, James's letter. He encouraging us not just to be hearers of the word, but doers as well. It's so easy to read the Bible, to think that sounds good, or to think it, hear it's challenged to us, and yet just to close it shut and walk off and pay it no attention again. Uh, let's be praying that God will show us wonderful things out of his word, and give us the strength by his spirit to be obedient to what we uh, hear and read. Uh, Maybe one strategy to this end that some people have found very helpful is to to memorise scripture. Maybe to select a kind of uh, a verse or a challenge that you've you've been reading that day, to to meditate on it uh, every day or during the day. That could be a really helpful thing to do. Uh, The psalmist tells us that he uh, had hidden God's word in his heart that he might not sin against God. Uh, Great thing to be doing. Lots of things to do, but the Bible is always reliable and it's always relevant. So let's be sure that we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly and that that will be true for us both as individuals and as a church family at Holy Trinity. Shall we pray? Oh God, we do thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you that it is always reliable. We do thank you it's always relevant. We thank you that it shows us the Lord Jesus Christ and how we can serve him and please him. We pray that we would be people of the book. Uh, not just uh, those who gather on a, on a, on a, on a week, uh, Sunday evening, to listen to it, but those who get it open day by day. And we pray that as we do so, your word would do its work in our hearts. Uh, you would correct us, you would teach us, you would rebuke us, you would train us in righteousness and thoroughly equip us for every good work. Amen.